0: the Annex Wealth Management Show, the longest-running weekly personal finance radio show in Wisconsin. Annex Wealth Management is a local fee-only fiduciary providing investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning. Know the
1: difference. Good good morning from beautiful North Hills Country Club, the 51st Annual Vince Lombardi Golf Classic. I'm Dave Spano, President of Annex Wealth Management, with a special edition of Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. We're going to be live here at North Hills for the next 20 minutes or so. And then we're gonna shoot it back to the studio and finish the show. As you know, this is when we usually do the weekend review. And if you're looking for that, it'll be on at eleven AM on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. Or tomorrow morning we put that in the axiom. So Lombardi Golf Classic is Wisconsin's tradition and I am joined by Gabe Neitzel at from WTMJ and ESPN and it is good to see you my friend.
2: Yeah, it's great to be out here. We've got a beautiful day of weather. Last year when we were out here it was a little cooler and we've gotten some really good weather the last couple of days for the 51st uh, Lombardi Classic. Love coming out here. A lot of familiar faces um, and some new ones too this year to, to kind of dive into what the, the traditions are of the Lombardi Golf Classic. And
1: you think about this has been going on Gabe since 1971 many millions of dollars have been raised and of course if you don't know this started after Coach Lombardi got cancer unfortunately and his wife and Bart Starr started this program and over the years a lot of people have gone through Mason Crosby of course was the chairman for a long time and it has now expanded to Phoenix for the talking stick but Gabe think about the people who have come here uh, as guests and, and, and celebrities. Bob Hope and Mickey Mantle and Neil Armstrong. I mean, it's been unbelievable over the years.
2: Yeah, they've got the Rock over here at North Hills Country Club. It was 26 years ago that they've got the 25th anniversary one there. Um, just the number of people that have come through and, and, and continue to come through. You know, I mean, I know Bob eucher plays in this thing right. every single year, and he's and here today. He is here today. There's there are just so many people, um, national, not just locally, but obviously with some of the names that you you mentioned, but nationally, that make sure they come to this event every single year.
1: I went back uh, this morning, gave. And looked at the number of people, of the players. But how about Brett Favre and mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers and and James Lofton and Paul Molitor and Robin Yount? I mean, that's really unbelievable.
2: Yeah, you start taking a look at what the in terms of athletes in the state of Wisconsin. I, I don't know if there's any great ones that have missed this event right. that, that, that play golf and, and tee it up. So it's, it, it, you know, you get that coolness factor of it for the people participating, but at the end of the day, it is about that fight against cancer and, and what Lombardi has done in, in terms of this event for 51 years. You, you mentioned Barton Cherry Star. They've expanded to the Star Children's Foundation, so they have the pediatric cancer portion of the charity as well. Just so many great things that the Lombardi Golf Classic does and serves.
1: And, you know, you think about all of the folks that you know, everyone listening to this has been affected by cancer by one way or another. We see a friend of ours uh, walking up right now, Kenny Sanders, and you know there's so many people that have been affected, and and it's it's incredible. But you think about your own life, Gabe. You know, mm-hmm. you, everybody knows somebody who has been touched by this terrible disease.
2: Yeah, and that's. Um whenever I'm at this event, I always think of my grandfather uh-huh. because he's the one who taught me how to play golf. And he passed um, from cancer when I was a junior in college. Right. And, you know, but it, it, this is always a special event because of last night and, and, and you start thinking about all the people that have been, um, you know, affected by it right. in your own life. And, and that's, that's what's always cool about this as well because i can um come out here be mindful of that and still have a great time and, and try to raise some money
1: you know last uh, last night we had the event at the fister hotel and your co-worker uh, greg Matzik uh, did a wonderful job being the mc and uh, had some interviews and, and it was fun it was right there was some fun stories oh there were some really fun stories it was great
2: to see um first off that that mason and molly crosby who couldn't make it and and they've had oh my goodness the the, the, right. the stories that they've had to go through as they've been battling cancer right. while they couldn't be here this year they, they have such a strong tie to it. They sent in a video, which was fantastic right. um, and good to see. Um, and then Greg talking with two of the three fat guys from uh, you know three fat guys winery. And, and, and if you listen to this,
1: folks, uh, there's the story behind the fat guys and who they are. Yeah.
2: Uh, so I mean, three you know three four Packers offensive linemen: Tony Mall, Jason Spitz, Darren College, and now they have a winery together. Right. They're all all three of them uh, run a winery, and they've been they've been tied. I mean, the food and wine event that uh, the Lombardi Cancer Foundation does, they provided. Wine for that, they had a presence last night. Gave away um, or donated a, a great experiential trip out there that was a part of the live auction. So those three guys um, with the ties that they have to the Green Bay Packers and now ties to the Vince Lombardi Cancer Foundation coming back, sharing great stories. Greg, of course, asking the tough questions. Yep. Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers. Know, that's that always some... going to be the and tough who one because to <laughs> <laughs> they, the they played with player. both of them. Yeah.
1: Right. Right. So folks, if you do want to come out, it is uh, it's available to come out and and talk to some of the people and, and enjoy. And if you do want to play next year. Uh, We are always looking for participants, and you can go to the Vince Lombardi Cancer Foundation outing and grab a foursome, and we'd be glad to have you out here. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk to Ryan Longwell, longtime Green Bay Packer and second all-time leading scorer. So stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Annex Wealth Management Show.
0: Custom-tailored investment and retirement planning from a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference. This is Money Talk. The Annex Wealth Management Show on WTMJ.
1: We're back live at the 51st Annual Vince Lombardi Golf Classic. My name is Dave Spano, president of Annex Wealth Management, and we're taking a quick break from our normal show. If you want to get the week in review, we'll have that either at the top of the hour or we're going to have it it in our Axiom, but joining me right now is my good friend Greg Matzik, sports director at 620 WTMJ and ESPN. Thanks for joining us, Greg. I love being here because it allows me
3: to see you, Dave, and hang out a little bit, uh, which we do at times throughout the course of the year, but it's also like a once-in-a-year opportunity to hang out with Ryan Longwell. The second leading scorer in Packers franchise history incredible kicker still involved in the game. And he always comes back for this, too, which is great to see.
4: Yeah, it's a pleasure to be back here. I was just telling the guys that uh, my first year here, 1998, and I was (laughs) in the group behind Bart Starr. And so just watching him, you know, it kind of changed my life. I mean, just watching him interact. This was when there were fans everywhere on the course. But at the end of every green, he would putt out. He would go, and there would be a line of 20, 25 kids. Right and he would sign every single one on every single green and the thing that really stood final out call, is he there were kids call, that would get in line that, wearing that, wearing that line were wearing that their hat backwards, we and, backwards we and the kid would get to the front of the line and he's like son we got to look professional and that's going to not you know stand in the in the workplace in the future so here's what i want you to do turn your hat around get in the back of the line and i'll sign when you get back here but i need <laughs> you to wear your hat forward and you know just like a larger than life guy but also giving these kids like life lessons while he was being patient signing He everything. was also he also personalized every ball that he signed
3: yes. to Kyle to whoever then he always put the kid's name on the ball that he signed I yeah. always found that to be
4: charming. And it was just, just watching him interact with people. He was just so, there was nothing fake, right? It was just so genuine, so honest. And uh, yeah, like I said, it was, it was an honor to, you know, be in the group behind him because I got to watch it all day.
3: It's not unlike the gallery support that you have, Dave, when oh, you're yeah. walking around the course exactly and you has right.
1: five, seven deep right. to try and get an autograph, maybe a picture, a hug. Or, or, or to pay someone some debt that I lost on the last hole. <laughs> That's really yeah. what it is. That's good. Help the judge find his checkbook. That's really what that was. Yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a remarkable event. In 1998 was your first we got to play together uh, a few years back, and it's its always just such a good time, and it's its an elevated event, but to look out and see current members of the team, like when you played, former members of the team, the stories that are told, I know that's also a, a big and fun part of it.
4: Yeah, I, I think there's a, a common denominator. You do need a, the active guys to be here. You know, it, it kind of connects the uh, the event to the current team and, and the current players, so that's important, but yeah, you've got, uh, you've got so much history in the guys that come back, and I mean... Just, you know, selfishly for me, I mean, seeing Jan Stenerud and those guys, and obviously, yeah. you know, I, I played with a lot of guys, but um, there's some genuinely good guys, you know, Lynn Dickey and Paul Kaufman, those guys. I mean, those are, those are good human beings, you know, so it's always fun to be around them. And then ultimately, for the best events, you got to have a great golf course. Right. In North Hills, there's just nothing better. Yeah, I mean, the greens classic. are just perfect, and uh, it's a challenge. You can go get it, you know, if you're right. striping it, but if you get in the wrong spot, it, uh, it and, the, and the greens
1: you. can be tricky as well. You know, we got about a minute left, Ryan. Why don't you give us a little bit about what you're doing in your life and it's trying to make a difference?
4: Yeah, so I've actually been uh, consulting colleges for the last four or five years, helping their kicking game. And uh, I've got involved with the Cow Bears, which is where I went to school. And so I've been actually commuting from our home in Atlanta to the West Coast, which is not the shortest commute, by the way. But, uh, you know, I just helping kids uh, have a chance to have a chance, you know, and and giving them the the right mentality, giving the coaches the right mentality. Because, quite honestly, there's a void in college football on how to coach special teams, how to coach specialists, and it's why you see a lot of bad kicking and punting. And so uh, I'm just trying to to give the kids, uh, you know, the right approach. And, quite honestly, part of the – Way I give them the right approach is because I know what didn't work, right? Oh, so, <laughs> um, you know, uh, that's, that's a good learning. I, yeah, tool. you know, some of the best lessons are mis- miss kicks, honestly. You know, and I, I'm a firm believer, which is kind of counter to the way the world is today. Like, I'm a firm believer you have to fail to succeed, and you know, you got a lot of these situations where a guy will hit a bad kick or a bad punt, and they'll pull him out of the game, and that's just destroying the kid. You know, so I've got involved in college football to kind of uh, give, like I said, give them the right way to uh, to do what we do.
1: And, and Greg, you know, I really appreciate uh, what you're doing, and of course, you emceed the event last night and uh, did a wonderful job. I appreciate what you did, and you've been around for about ten years now. So, yeah, to have I, you.
3: I think I first got involved maybe twenty years ago, and then emceeding the gala is I think it was my eleventh year. But uh, to me, it's all about connecting with like-minded people who have a deep-rooted interest in. Trying to figure out a solution to a dreaded Disease so uh, to have that much Power and energy in the same room I think is Really energizing
1: and uh, I just want to Ryan thank you for I, I know I just went over To the driving range and, and put the hooks In you and you came over you did. right away <laughs> get <Yeah>. some tips. <laughs> No 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 to ask him to come On the show <laughs> oh I got it yeah And he came he came running over he your Class act really appreciate, I appreciate you that everything that Yeah great to be here, here. and folks uh, We're going to send it back the show has got to go on Right and so we're going to put the rest of the Money talk back on if you uh, if you are listening and you need some help, of course, AnnexWealth.com. Thank you, Greg Matzik. And once again, we're going to go on with Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show on 620 WTMJ.
0: One team, one plan, one fee. Annex Wealth Management works in your best interest. Did your advisors say that? This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show on WTMJ.
5: Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management? It was drilled into our heads. Do the right thing. Put away and save money while you're working. Don't touch it. Keep building it. And it's hard to argue because that's an excellent way to build a solid nest egg to draw upon when retirement happens. But what happens when our human nature creeps in? After all, there's a psychology behind spending and retirement. And that's what we're going to talk about with Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning and Development at CFP and a CDFA at Annex Wealth Management. Welcome back.
6: Well, thank you for having me.
5: Okay, right or wrong, Deanne, we should save and invest as we go along until every day becomes a Saturday. What's wrong with that?
6: Yes, Jenny, we should. And most people feel they are doing the right thing, putting away their money in retirement plans plus savings, maybe even a 529 for tuition planning. The poll- The point is they're saving while they're working. They're told, don't touch it, just keep building. Then when the excitement of retirement is upon them and that dust settles, they realize they need to replace their work paycheck.
5: Is that hard for them to grasp at Decades, they've been seeing paychecks, and then they turn into ones who are issuing the paycheck, and it's not coming in anymore. It's it's going out. Does that mess with our heads? I'm kind of a glass-half-empty guy anyway.
6: I don't see you that way, Danny, but it does mess with our heads. It's interesting, actually. They're used to socking away for other things, like putting money away to buy a car or even in that college tuition plan, and they know that when it's time For tuition, they pull the money out of the plan. It seems natural. They're ready to buy the car or put the down payment on the house. They just do it. But somehow, for some reason, they get the psychology of, well, I'm not working anymore, so I can't let that retirement pot of money go down at all. This is actually false. It's supposed to go down. It's supposed to fund our retirement. But there are all sorts of unknowns that play into our fears, such as how long will I live? Could I outlive my money? How much will I need if healthcare keeps going up? And, of course, I want to have enough money to do the fun things. And we all know without doing a financial plan, this can lead someone to stress out and go into the psychology of, well, I have to have actual income coming in to offset those expenditures
5: even if people have substantial assets, do you find that they get nervous about running out of money?
6: Absolutely, they do. They go from hearing, don't touch it, to touch it, and they they do fear running out. What they're not taking into consideration, though, there's still growth on their assets happening over time. They got the snowball in motion. They're not taking the entire thing out and putting it under a mattress, okay? So it is the power of compound interest working over the decades. Also, something, especially for women, comes into play. It's called bag lady syndrome, so... (laughs) So this is the psychology, no matter where you are, how much you have, you have a fear of outlasting your assets and being a burden on your family.
5: How hard is the fight to turn on Social Security at the right time? Do we feel that it's like, oh, 62, I want to get something?
6: So I'm really glad you're bringing this up because many people then turn mentally to needing income in retirement to be able to pay their expenses when they can't get their head around, just pull from my retirement funds. So they turn on Social Security and maybe they will turn it on right away. They retire. Here they go. What they're doing is giving up the growth of their payment and what their payment would be in the future because of their fear of not having immediate income stream. But this is exactly why they've been putting away that money. Remember to pull it out, use it for expenses. This is one of the biggest, I'll say it, mistakes that we as planners can see. People turn on all their sources of income right away when they retire, not thinking about the tax consequences, their cash flow situation, not thinking about how much they really actually need and how it might impact them, and not really doing the planning period. They just turn on the cash flows and try to deal with it from there. And this is where it's really all about that math.
5: And we've got tools to help. One is the, at least what I think, the inelegantly (laughs) named bucket strategy.
6: Yeah, so we like to think of expenses in two different branches or tranches, buckets, if you will. Ooh, tranche is much fancier. (laughs) The first tranche is your expenses that you have to have. So basically, I have to have these basic expenses to keep my life running. Rent, mortgage, utilities, basic food in the fridge, gas in the car, personal maintenance. The second bucket is the fun bucket, I call it, the discretionary tranche or the, hey, I want to have bucket, not I need to have. This bucket might contain travel, extra entertainment, above and beyond expenditures, those sporting season tickets, for example. Now, the two buckets, equally important. However, if you think about it, the first bucket we have no control over we got to pay our utility bills no matter what. The second bucket, however, we can expand and contract as we wish. It's discretionary. We controlled it. That psychologically gives us more freedom, especially in that early part of retirement. It's really important if we retire into a down stock market that we feel we have some flexibility. Look at what happened with people who might have retired during the COVID lockdown of 2020. Market went down sharply. What planning can do is keep newly retired people in times like that from saying, oh, gee, not I'm going to have to go out and get another job or I'll have to keep working and not be able to retire. It's
5: about planning. It's about financial plans. And when we say financial plans, we're talking about running countless scenarios and possibilities that include a lot of projections.
6: Absolutely. Planning makes us feel better about this bucket of money we've saved as a whole. It shows that over time, if properly invested, it keeps growing and working for us. So whatever life brings, we have a better understanding of how it impacts our money and our future.
5: So in our last 30 seconds or so, I've got to ask, should we feel feel guilty if in the first part of retirement we spend more and please tell me no.
6: Uh, No, not at all. Just be cognizant of it. People do usually spend more in their first year or so. We call it the go-go years. So even in their first decade, but this is again where planning can really help out.
5: Right there. It's about planning. Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning Development, a CFP and a CDFA at Annex Wealth Management. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's easy to meet with Annex Wealth Management. We're in Elm Grove, Lake Country, Mequon, Appleton, downtown Milwaukee, inside the Pfister, Madison, Naples, Florida, Libertyville, Illinois, or as close as your computer. Bottom of the hour, let's get caught up. And for that, let's go to the WTMJ Breaking News Center. One team,
0: one plan, one fee. Annex Wealth Management works in your best interest. Can your advisors say that? This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management show
5: on WTMJ. Ask Annex is where we open up the mailbag and we get to people's questions. Get a lot of them. You head to our website, annexwealth.com. Look for the Ask tab. If you want to be anonymous, that's fine. In fact, everybody today is anonymous. Matt Morrissey, investment team manager and a CFP, joins us in the studio. Welcome. Hey, Danny. And we got Trevor Nargis, senior trader at Annex Wealth Management. Welcome back. Hey Danny. First question Were there indications that NVIDIA was gonna have a huge quarter? If so, what? If not, why not? Can you set the stage on NVIDIA?
7: Yeah, we can we can try and take a take a swing at that. So NVIDIA has had some really good quarters as of late. So maybe that's been somewhat of the indication that they were gonna have a good quarter. But as far as are they gonna really blow estimates out of the water, things like that, they tend to reserve that information. For earnings calls for investor events, you know, you'll see companies sometimes come out ahead of earnings and say, Hey, things might not be so good to kind of help brace markets. But if they're going to beat, you tend to see things stay kind of quiet. So, wasn't necessarily an indication ahead of time that things were going to be crazy, but for the recent quarter, company beat on both earnings per share and revenue, but what really drove the hype around the stock was the guidance that came from that call, so the forward-looking guidance. So our teammates, Jason Cooper and Brian Jacobson, talked about it on our SWAT podcast the other day of what that forward guidance kind of implied. And so they increased revenue guidance from $8 billion to $11 billion for this quarter. So what that did is that drove analyst estimates higher as well as expectations for the future growth of earnings. So the company sees growing demand for things like their data center products, because those tend to help the processing power need to support AI. But companies like NVIDIA tend to be valued on growth. So that guidance going much higher makes NVIDIA look a lot cheaper, hence the reason you saw kind of the bump that you saw in the stock. Yeah, usually you don't get that big of a bounce, you know, because it's going to be a surprise
8: or people are not expecting that much of an increase. And as you said, the last few quarters, they've really been hitting the gas in terms of, you know, how they've been talking about the company and what the future of NVIDIA looks like and how they're really, in their minds, going to be the center of all this new technology that's going to be coming out. So did everyone expect great things from NVIDIA? Yes. But obviously the expectations were not high enough for what they think is actually coming today versus just that future world
7: of what... you know they were kind of trying to lay that groundwork and that goes back to what our chief investment officer Derek Felsky was saying alongside Jason the other day when they were updating the model on NVIDIA that they updated the numbers and they just kind of went whoa because those estimates just went so much higher and when the company is of growth like company and it's valued on growth when that growth keeps going makes company look cheaper they really
8: own the week didn't they
7: oh for sure and they you know
8: crossing a trillion you know dollars from a market cap you know we talked to like you said on the SWAT podcast that came up this last week but also I know the difference podcast as well too that was a big topic of conversation
5: next up on ask annex Memorial Day weekend barbecue argument shouldn't a 35 year old investor be more concerned about growth rather than dividends isn't that a dad question right <laughs> just read like a dad question <laughs>
8: well I, I spent the weekend with, with some friends you know we're about 40 here and that was a lot of the conversations about the the markets and investing. So I certainly understand those those holiday type type conversations. You know, when I think about where you're getting the returns from your portfolio, what I think is really important is just that overall total return, which could either come from price appreciation, which is probably what they're referring to the growth side of this as, or from income or dividends. And really what I'm looking at is I really don't care where that's coming from. I want the return, the total return. Now if you're younger, you could take more risk and which means that you could afford to have less income today and shoot for more price appreciation and either make your own dividends if you need cash, what I mean by making your own dividends is by selling shares to create cash instead of having the company send it out to you. But you're also, if you're younger, you could take the risk of that company maybe not having that growth potential sooner than later and having the stock price fall down. Because you're really, when you're not getting that income, you're relying on somebody paying more for that stock than what you paid for it. You're not getting that cash flow from the company
7: at all. Yeah, I think the last thing I'll add is that there's not necessarily the right answer. It comes back to Mm -hmm. something that, Matt, you and I have talked about, and we've talked about with another Ask Annex regular, Sarah Kyle. It comes back to risk tolerance versus risk capacity. So risk tolerance being how comfortable do you feel with the potential ups and downs of your investments? So maybe growth-related stocks might have more ups and downs along the way. Dividend payers maybe tend to be a little less volatile. But then there's risk capacity, right? What can you financially actually handle? What is your ability to handle potential losses associated with risky investments? So I think it's really balancing the two of those alongside what Matt was getting at.
8: We, uh, it's also important to remember, you can have both. Like If you look at companies like Apple and Microsoft, they're the two largest market cap companies. Their growth has been tremendous. And they also pay dividends that they're growing above market growth rates as well, too. So you are able to have both of those. And again, if you're thinking long term with that, you can also reinvest dividends yourself back into that stock and just buy more shares and keep having that compound over time. Did you guys really talk about investments uh, during your Memorial Day cookout? That was quite a bit of it. Yeah, (laughs) one of my friends and I, we talked quite a bit about about the markets and what's going on. So I'm sure our wife's probably got tired of it. Totally bored. (laughs) Yeah, very nice. For
5: investment, retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning, we do it as a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference? Website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Matt Moore is the investment team manager and a CFP at Annex Wealth Management. Thank you. Thank you. Trevor Narges, senior trader at Annex Wealth Management. Thank you. Thanks, Danny. What's lifestyle creep and why should you avoid it? That's next after a break. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show on 620 WTMJ. One team, one plan, one fee. Money Talk is straight talk from a
0: local fee-only fiduciary. It's time to know the difference. This is Money Talk,
5: the Annex Wealth Management Show on WTMJ. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. Welcome back, Amy Bremer, CFP and Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management. Hi, Danny. Isn't this a well-timed discussion? In a world where everything we need is going up in price, we're at a point where that kind of inflation is colliding with another type of inflation, and that is lifestyle inflation. How do we define lifestyle inflation?
9: That's a great question, Danny. So we determine lifestyle inflation as lifestyle creep, and that's where your wages increase, so you increase your lifestyle. Maybe you upgrade to the king size super value meal, or you upgrade to the nicer level car when before you would have gotten the entry level car. So just death by a million cuts sort of things, only in relation to money.
5: So right at the top, Amy, we're going to point out that in no way are we saying that people shouldn't enjoy themselves and the fruits of their labor. In fact, this is more of a cautionary piece for maybe younger folks or people, people starting out that we're going to offer up some insights that might lead to a more fulfilling future. Maybe the subtitle should be Mo' Money, Mo' Problems, right? Right? Yeah,
9: that's a good one. Uh,
5: Does that happen? And to get at lifestyle inflation, do we need to challenge a status quo?
9: Yes. So first, please let me interject here and say we are not telling folks that you must take a vow of poverty. We're not the clergy here. You know, We're regular folk working hard for our money, and we should be able to enjoy it. But we want to address more the keeping up with the Joneses type mentality where, you know, the neighbor's got the swimming pool. So, hey, I can get a swimming pool too when swimming pools are really expensive, no matter where you live. So we just want to make sure that the lifestyle that you live doesn't exponentially increase in conjunction to the income that you earn.
5: But it happens. It does. It happens all the time?
9: Not all the time. Some folks have a higher propensity to that than others. And a lot of it is driven by their choice of profession. However, It's really easy to avoid it and it's to pay yourself first. So one of the ways that I tell um, folks that I work with at Annex is when you get those annual wage increases, they're nice, you know, 3%, 4%. Sometimes if you had a better year five or six, put half of it in your 401k because a 3% wage increase over 26 pay periods, if you get paid every other week, and then you have income tax taken out of it, which you got to pay the piper, that's not enough really to move the needle on your lifestyle. But if you put it in your 401k, that's going to do great things for your future retirement. Okay. Mm-hmm.
5: Some people are great at the next suggestion. I'm not. It is to track your spending, make a budget, stick to it. Nobody likes to budget, do they?
9: No, honestly, budgeting is the worst. It's not fun. And us humans, we like to have fun. But me personally, I track my expenses. So I know when I get to a certain limit that I got to stop spending for the month and I just kick it to next month. There's tons of resources online. Um, Mint.com is a great one. Annex uses something called eMoney, where you can link up your credit cards and your bank accounts through your username and passwords, and it tracks all of your spending. So it fills out a budget for you. It's really easy.
5: I'm on board with this. Prioritize important expenses.
9: Yes. So I find that if people have aspirational goals, like we're saving for a down payment on a house, or we really want to go to Europe, or we want to get married or buy that vacation home. If you have a goal that you're working towards, it's easier to sacrifice today to save for that future goal. So make a goal and have it be a fun one.
5: Talking about lifestyle inflation or lifestyle creep with Amy Bremer, a CFP and a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management. What really might help to fight that lifestyle creep is to, before spending anything else, you need to make sure that you're contributing to tax advantage accounts, right?
9: Oh my gosh, most definitely. And those tax advantage accounts are your traditional 401k at work or 403b if you're in the private sector, a traditional IRA. And those will get you a tax break today and then that money grows for your Future, and then you just pay the taxes when you're in retirement.
5: And how about everybody's buddy if you qualify for it? The HSA.
9: Oh, I love HSAs. So, those ones are triple taxed advantaged. The kicker is you have to have a high deductible health insurance plan. So, check with your HR department at work to see if you have one of those available to you. But you get tax break when you put the money in. So it acts kind of like a traditional 401k on the way in. You can invest your HSA money, so all that growth comes tax-free, and then when you take the money out, whether you're working or not, and you spend that money on a qualified medical expense, it's tax-free to you too again.
5: Yeah, it's they're pretty darn amazing. They're awesome. You touched on this earlier, but let's talk a little bit more about it. You get a raise, you get a bonus, you invest it.
9: Yes. And, you know, again, getting back to that, you know, we're not clergy, don't take a vow of poverty. You should enjoy the fruits of your labor. You work hard. You should have some joy from that, too. But I see, put half, put half of it in your 401k. The compounding over the next 20, 30 years of your life is just exponential growth and and your future self will be grateful for it.
5: Do you run into lifestyle creep at every age group or every maybe asset level that we deal with at Annex Wealth Management?
9: That's a great question, Danny. So I, yes, actually, there are doctors who you think would be living high on the hog that they've made tons of money and they do, but there's mm-hmm. something called doctoritis where, you know, you make a lot of money and you spend a lot of money g- getting back into that keeping up with the Joneses mentality. And sometimes those folks have find it difficult to retire.
5: For investment and retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning, we do it as a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference? Our website is annexwealth.com. Click that Get Started button start the wealth metric process amy bremer cfp and wealth manager at annex wealth management thank you for joining us
9: my pleasure danny take care
5: destination retirement are we there yet easily one of our most popular seminars and is coming to mequon happens on tuesday yeah tuesday the 6th at six o'clock annex wealth management mequon details at annexwealth.com slash events it's money talk the annex wealth management show 620 wtmj
0: longest running weekly personal finance radio show in wisconsin this is money talk the Annex Wealth Management Show on
5: WTMJ. Back on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. Quick reminder, this show is going to be available as a podcast at the top of the hour primarily Spotify, but wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts. I'm Danny Clayton in the studio with Brian Jacobson, Chief Economist at Annex Wealth Management. Brian, let's talk a little bit about what's now down the road, because we saw the jobs number on Friday, saw you know the tail end of some earnings reports, the NVIDIA excitement, things like that. As a Chief Economist for Annex Wealth Management, what is it that is out the front windshield that you're concerned about.
10: Yeah, I'm glad you phrase it that way because oftentimes, remember, the economic data that we get, it is about what did happen. So it's almost like a form of reporting. It, it's not generating anything new. Some of it can be surprising. I mean, just as an example, Friday's employment situation report, the 339,000 number, that was eye popping, right? But then there are also all sorts of almost like uh, undercurrents and little subtexts to it that were really fascinating. If you see, uh, look at the Household survey, where we get the unemployment rate from, that jumped from 3.4% to 3.7%. That's a pretty big move up. And I'm beginning to wonder to what extent are we, to the extent that we do have an economic slowdown or a recession when we're looking out that front window, how much of that is going to be a job full? Recession. If you kind of remember the great financial crisis where there was this jobless recovery, so ec- you had economic growth but high unemployment rate. Can we have a job full recession instead? And I think it's possible. You know, when I look at some of the trends in the labor market. If I were to project out from the 2015 to 2019 period, where should we be about now with population growth, economic growth? We're actually maybe close to around four to 4.4 million payrolls short of where we would be typically. So is that the boomers retiring? Uh, Some of that is the boomers retiring. We know from some of the surveys that have been done, about two million boomers took early retirement. And they're probably not going to come back into the labor force. Now, that's not to say that they can't. One of the really interesting dynamics is some people, when they go into retirement, they realize that, you know, I still do want to stay somewhat engaged with the labor force. Maybe I can do some consulting. Maybe I can work part time. So if that's an option for people, that is sometimes what they might do. But I don't believe all two million of them are coming back.
5: As a chief economist, you have studied all of the recessions. Might this one be, if it hits, might this one be unlike any other? I believe
10: that it will be, uh, unless, of course, it's something where we don't have a lot of really good data on maybe something from the 1700s or something like that, right? But we do have pretty good data 1800s onwards about what recessions looked like. There was a really interesting change in the 1980s. Before the 1980s, most recessions were driven by swings in inventory. So, you know, if you think about uh, retailers, they overstocked inventory, it wasn't as popular, it went out of fashion. And so then they kind of cut back on what, you know, they had to offer discounts, they didn't order as much. And so you had these big manufacturing and inventory swings. Ever since the 80s, it's more been driven by housing. So the housing sector since the 1980s has been really more of that leading economic indicator for recessions. In fact, there was a book that was written uh, about how the business cycle is the housing cycle, that they are so intertwined. Well, we know in 2022, housing was coming off of what I would say was a bubble as far as the amount of activity. Manufacturing was also suffering through a recession. So maybe we've had a roving recession where it was in housing, then manufacturing, and now we might get some services weakness, but hopefully maybe we find some stability in manufacturing and housing to help blunt any sort of downdraft that we might get as a result of some service sector weakness. But didn't
5: we see swings in inventory with the supply chain, right? We didn't get anything. We couldn't
10: get anything. And then all of a sudden we had too much. Yes, absolutely. Those swings were incredible where everything was out of stock and then it was overstocked. What we've been hearing from companies that we follow, because we always listen in on all those earnings calls, is that inventory adjustment is hopefully mostly behind us that they think that they have right-sized their inventories for even what could be a challenging economic environment. So we did have those swings. It's just that over time, retail and manufacturing have become a smaller part of the overall economy because people were spending more than on eating out and travel. What is, in the last 30 seconds, what's the next data point that we need to watch for? I think the biggest thing that I'm going to be watching is on June 13th, the inflation report. But before then, what we get on June 5th, so on Monday, is the ISM services number. Are we beginning to see any inklings of service sector weakness?
5: Brian Jacobson, Chief Economist at Annex Wealth Management. Thank you very much. Thank you. Folks, we are built as a fee-only fiduciary. We want you to know the difference. And I'll tell you, it only takes a couple of minutes to get the ball rolling. You are under no obligation. What you need to do is click that Get Started button at AnnexWealth.com. We will see you next Saturday at 10 o'clock. Thanks for listening. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show on 620 WTMJ.
0: Advice and opinions expressed during Money Talk. The Annex Wealth Management Show are solely that of the hosts or guests of Annex Wealth Management and not WTMJ Radio or Good Karma Brands Milwaukee, LLC.